Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. I'm going to have a conversation with a young man who <laughs> has spent his entire life uh, in, in the acting profession. And um, what I mean by that is he uh, went to the University of Washington. He was a teacher, uh, a drama teacher for a long time, an administrator. And now he has got, let's say he's the artistic director of Heart Repertory Theater, which is a brand new adventure out of Woodenville. There are now two theaters in Woodenville. And we're going to talk about, I, I really want to talk about the art form. Because I really wanted to do the, what he did. He spent his whole life doing, being around people that were artistic and uh, and could could be great actors and actresses and and had a vision and he had a vision and and stuff like that. And he actually made it work. Most actors most actors don't get the chance to make it work very well because it's it's a hard way to make a living. So. Uh, the gentleman we're going to talk to today, his name is, and I promise you, I'm going to screw up his first name, but we'll try anyway. Uh, uh, um, Anderson, am I close? Yeah, you're getting close. Um, the HJ is a Y sound. So it's like Yelmer Yelmer yelling at somebody. (laughs) Yelmer. (laughs) See, and that's, and that is why it was, uh, um, I, I had an associate that was messing with it going, hi, yeah, hi, John, uh, hi, John. We, so we were trying to figure it out, but, but, uh, welcome to the show. How are you today, sir? Uh, you know, I, I'm great and looking forward to talking about what I do because it's, I've been doing it for 50 years in the profession. So, uh, and I'm continuing at my age at 72. So, you know. I just try to stay as active as I can and be able to surround myself with creative people. And it keeps me going. Well, when you are as creative as you are and doing what you've been doing for as long as you have been doing it and have the passion for it, that's one of the things that we talk a lot about here on this show is that if you're passionate about what you do, uh, you tend to do it longer. You have more fun with it. You tend to be a little healthier. um, And uh, a lot of different aspects of life are just a little bit better when you've got when you're living your passion don't you think absolutely absolutely you know when i was in college it was going to be the athletic uh, field but i didn't have the body to, uh, to be able to move on the football field the basketball court which i loved so i got in the i got into the rowing crew and did that my freshman year but until i found this wonderful teacher at the uw uh, John Kaufman, who uh, was teaching a beginning uh, theater class, and I needed my humanities. So I took it because my uh, fraternity president at Kappa Sigma uh, was a fraternity major. Um, and he said, well, you got to take this class and see what you think. And oh boy, I took it and I said, what was I missing? <laughs> it was, it was uh, an eye opener to be able to see how you create and tell stories um, and do it live. Uh, And live theater is uh, something that I just pursued in earnest for the rest of those four years at the UW. And being in sports, I also understood about being a uh, coach and working with uh, 
young people. And I did that at the YMCA, helping them learn basketball, but then put the two together and you find out that teaching theater was something that I could do and I could do it well. And, uh, it, uh, was my, my hiring at Inglemore high school in the North shore school district. Uh, I was hired a three weeks after I had graduated and was wow. able to, uh, was able to take on a, uh, a maternity leave of a, a English teacher who was doing it to, and I vowed that I would make this theater department one of the best in the country. And I did. Inglemore for nine years, got national recognition toward the end of my career there before I moved to Woodenville High School. And Woodenville became, uh, for 23 years, was internationally recognized. And students earned millions of dollars of scholarships in theater. And a lot of them were all over the country working in the, in the field, whether they'd be in broadcasting. I know I have a couple of them who work at King Television uh, in the tech field. And I uh, had a a few uh, that went on and became designers, worked at the Kennedy Center in New York, um, L.A., Chicago, Dallas, uh, even Denver, um, and in Seattle. They're all over the country. And to be able to hold on to their uh, their friendships on Facebook to find out what their careers are doing. And I just ran into one of them who was just on The Tonight Show, who uh, Fahim Anwar, who just... Uh, he uh, became a stand-up comic, and he was one of my comic actors in, in his high school days. And his my reward was to watch him on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I said, oh, that's, no, that's really amazing. And that's, that's pretty cool. By the way, i gotta, cool. I got to tell you, there's a young lady who's listening to us. Oh, I um, know her. <laughs> you, <laughs> she, you do, and the, that is uh, Amber Smith. Yeah, Amber Smith. Amber is um, she's a former Miss Washington. She's yes, a member she of your board. She's got a brand new magazine out that we will be talking about at another time. April fifth, she's going to be on the show. We're trying to sn snooker her into it. Oh, um, I, I I pulled her uh, too um, off of Instagram and recruited her to be on the board for the Wood Heart Repertory Theater. So she's. Uh, She's going to be helping me with uh, our shows coming up and working on uh, puppetry and youth theater uh, and her storytelling skills that she has. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad to have run into Amber, so to speak. Uh, yes, indeed. Well, you know, when you have been doing what you've been doing for so long, you become very well known in the community and yep. your the number of kids that you've worked with over the years when you think of of the number of shows you can do you even have a number on it have you ever sat down and yeah. looked at the number that i was averaging at the high school level three to four shows a year and i so, did that for 32 so you can do the multiplication table on that but that didn't even include the one those were those were mounted shows the ones that i did uh, just in the teaching classroom I don't even know the numbers, but it, it uh, was over 200 high school productions. But did you ever do, um, did you ever do uh, Fiddler on the Roof? I did it uh, three times. 
<laughs> very nice, very nice. That you know, was... the, fir the first time I did it was in 81 at Inglemore, and, and the lead who played my Tevya uh, went on to work with Jim French over uh, on his radio broadcasts that, that he did when he was still alive. His name was Derek Turner. Um, but he was such a talent. And then the other one, the one played the Golda uh, was Sherry Laveau. She's a jazz singer in Dallas right now and um, has a career in music. Um, but several of the others, um, you know, they went on to other fields. But yeah, Fiddler on the Roof, one of my favorites. I did it again at, at Woodenville uh, and was a different cast, uh, but the same quality of, of work. You know, once you get a good script, you get good material like that, the storytelling, and uh, it just flocks the uh, the talent to what you're doing. And if you know how to direct these talented individuals, you know people come and and see your your product. Yes, indeed. And uh, Amber <laughs> Amber wants to take over the interview, so I'm going to let her. <laughs> okay. What was your favorite production? Uh, I have several. Um, I'd say the most recent at the high school level was uh, a show of uh, uh, Footloose oh. and um, Kiss Me Kate. Love that show. In Oklahoma and Crazy For You. Oklahoma and Crazy For You, we took to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, and performed in front of an international audience. So those were highlights of my life. As far as straight plays, well, you know, I repeat some of the favorites, but Death of a Salesman and All My Sons. Um, Arthur Miller uh, was one of my favorite playwrights. And uh, I still can recall back when I was doing them, you know, and then go back and look at the old videos. That, oh, God, we had it. We had it pegged in what we are doing. And uh yeah, I would say those two uh, are highlights in, in my life. Um, you know, it's it's tough when you left teaching because my last show was Once Upon a Mattress. Um, and uh, that was my last show as a high school teacher. And, you know, I had lots of tears, <laughs> a lot of tears leaving that, that school. So but did everybody else around Luckily, you. I was an administrator. And was able to connect with the school over the years, and I still have uh, connections with the school district, Inglemore and Bothell and North Creek and uh, Woodenville. Woodenville teacher currently was I was on the hiring team to get him on, and he has this, he has the same energy and talent that I had. And watching his work makes me feel you know, my legacy is still alive at that school and over at Inglemore. One of my alums is the drama teacher there. So that's <laughs> still in the family <laughs> in so well, many ways. <laughs> what, you, what you've done over the last 50 years is create a legacy of wonderful wonderful actor upon actor, and it's probably multi-generational now. And they can come back and talk to you about how important it was to be in your in your life at that time and and that i'm willing to bet you people drop you stop you on the street or yeah. the grocery store or at the at the post office and say mr anderson we really missed you and, uh, and we really miss you i've got several stories for you on that yes yes say that i'll say that several times yes they do and i have been stopped 
Uh, right, let, right me, let me tell you a story. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was I got a a uh, scholarship from the Washington State as one of the top teachers back in the late eighties, and uh, I I got to go back to the University of Washington and work with Jack Clay, who was running the professional actor training program, and during uh, one of the summer sessions. Um, I think you remember Robert Reed, the late Robert oh, yes. Reed, who, who was on the, the Brady Bunch. He was the oh, dad. Yeah. He was in our class working with Cecily Berry, who was a you know a British uh, voice teacher of of, of uh, the Shakespeare group in in London. And he was uh, she was here in town uh, working with us at UW. And Robert was in the class. And every time Robert would walk down the street. You know, this was a time Brady Bunch was still going on. The people would stop to get his autograph, right? So yep. we, we, you know, got used to seeing him pause, uh, being stopped, and everything else, walking in groups on the Ave. And uh, then Robert, um, Robert and I, and a few others, we went to uh, University Towers Bar down in the basement, and um, we sat down around a table and we're sharing our stories about the class and everything. And there are three people at the bar that were looking over, pointing at our table. I said, well, you know, Robert looks over. He says, I think they're going to come over here. And he was he pulled out his pen. You know, he pulled out his pen like that, you know, and I'm ready, you know, to do the autograph. They walked right past Robert. All three of them came over and says, aren't you Yammer Anderson, the drama teacher? I had you when I was at Inglemore. <laughs> and... The story goes further. Was everybody in the group just burst into laughter, and Robert put his slowly put his 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 pin back in his shirt, and he looked at me and smiled. And we walked back to uh, back to campus, and uh, Robert looked at me and he says, "Oh, you're the world famous drama teacher, aren't you?" <laughs> Yeah, well, the story got back to Cecily Berry, who hates TV actors. <laughs> she, she says she comes over and takes her book that she had written and writes inside of it to the world famous drama teacher Cecily Berry, and I still have that that book. Uh, I cherish it to this day. But yeah. that that put everything in perspective <laughs> when that happened. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, the cool thing is, is that just the amount of positive impact you had on the number of lives that you did um, and and getting them um, a, a, perhaps even a direction. Now, um, a Amber would like to know, sir, uh -huh. what are you looking forward to in your life coming up over the next uh, three to five years? Well, or? first of all, making sure we get enough funds so I can direct <laughs> in my new company. That you know, fundraising is going to be our probably one of our most important elements uh, over the next couple of months. We just closed a very successful Silent Sky by Laura Gunderson, who I dearly love as a playwright. And it was highly successful at Woodenville, but we only ran it for two weeks because of our finances. Uh, it could have run a month because uh, it was starting to sell out in Woodenville. But then, um, now that we're past that, I've got people like Amber and a few other uh, of my alums that are still in the company 
who are getting ready for the Glass Menagerie, which uh, is going to be directed by Adrian Serrato in September. And then in July, we're planning to do a fundraiser with a stage reading of another Gunderson play that uh, is entitled The Castropolis. I don't know if you can read that. but um, It's a, a one-act uh, play based on Laura Gunderson's husband who was a doctor during the pandemic and he was trapped on stage <laughs> and she wrote it about him and um it became a, a pretty good hit in la so we're going to be doing that for a stage reading along with um raffles and and um trying to get auction items to go to help finance but then beyond you know once we do that and a grant writing that has to happen um I've got this Amber Smith lady that has got uh, this whole wonderful idea of doing um, a show on YouTube with her work that she does in puppetry that uh, we I'm looking forward to helping produce, as well as her book that she's just released. I don't know if she can throw that up, the graphic for that, but she has a book that she's just going to release and give the funds to us at that point. And then... Um, Next season, I, I've got, uh, I, I want to do Agnes of God, which is a show I've always wanted to do. I saw it on Broadway, and it's a wonderful show. We're going to do the one-act play that goes wrong, which is like Noises Off next season. And I want to do an Arthur Miller show um, in 2024. So it, it's not just, it's not just uh, what we just did. Because one of the things about theater, once you do a show, it's over. You got to move on to the next one. It is, you know, that's probably, well, for me, it was like, see, because I also played football. Speaking of which, you were at the University of Washington during a time when one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time was there. Saw a Sunny Six Killer? Yes, sir. Uh, and, mine uh, too. I love that and, guy. And he, he was the, fir the first quarterback at the University of Washington that really got nationally noticed. And um, the way he could throw the ball downfield. Uh, it was magic. It, it really it was, was like watching uh, some of these quarterbacks on the Seahawks when they could do it, <laughs> when they were <first laughs> getting uh, hounded or, or tackled in the back. When I played football, it was on the line. I was a offensive and defensive tackle on Bainbridge High School's team. It went both ways for two years and got exhausted at it. But I did it, but basketball, we went to state a few times with, my two years in high school and it's always been my passion i played all the way till my 50s uh you know in regional and recreational basketball out here in the north shore area that's still a game i love to play if i could if my knees weren't gone <laughs> but yeah that's it's, something happens when you get older and oh uh, yeah and, i know yeah. well, but you know i still i still get out and snorkel so and try well, and water I think that's a wonderful thing that you're able to do that in Puget Sound when the water's like 45 degrees, but you wear a wetsuit or a dry suit or whatever kind of suit. I do wear. wear a wetsuit, seven millimeter, and um, I was out Friday. Water, you know, the water is probably about 48 degrees. No, you know, I could stay out for an hour in the wetsuit and might come out. And the only thing that would bother me would be how much I had to kick in the water to, to move around during the currents. But other than that, you know, there's nothing like uh, seeing life underwater. And I got the bug again when I went to Florida 
to the Florida Keys and there's a uh, lot of, uh, there's a reef out there right on the Atlantic side that, um, that just is amazing. Oh, okay. Amber just wrote, the proceeds are 100% donated to Heart Theater, her book. Yes. That's quite, and, uh, that's Amber, quite if you if you'd put the name of the book in and its release date, that would be awesome. That would be great. You know, and then people can be looking for it as as they move forward. Because um, as you know, Yalmer, it is really hard, and there's a lot of finances that that go into making a production, including you've got to buy the script and you and then the all the um, all all the things that go. Let's see. It's going to be called Little Jack Frost. Yeah. The royalties, and, the production costs, the, the stipends for your artistic staff. Uh, it can run, you know, in a cheap production, about $10,000 to put a show on. Um, and if it, it's a show you want to really pay the actors and, and staff well, you, you can run up to $15,000 pretty easily. Uh, and that's running with about three to four weekends. So, and yeah. in case Amber's got the, the list of her book that she made for, with heart, includes sheet music and puppet patterns. Yeah, exciting for people because she's a puppeteer by trade. Yes, she is, and she does a she does a, a, a magnificent job of doing that. Um, yeah. And with the book and and she's going to support. She's on the board. She's going to support uh, the uh, the um, theater company. Theater yeah. company. I think that's great. That's, yeah, yeah. That you know, I was a puppeteer in, in college. Worked with Aurora Valentinetti, and we did every man in, in lifestyles rod puppets up at St. Mark's Cathedral back in the day. So I have a lot of history with that too. Okay, Amber. My books are Creative Commons. There you go. I'm not exactly sure what that means. What does that mean, sir? I'm not sure what she means by that either. She's the expert on that. I think ah. it's where she's going to be publishing it with. Her books are going to be in in that group. Oh, okay. Um, because you know, and she's she's got a lot a lot of things going right now. She's got the magazine. She's got the book coming out, um, and the magazine is digital, and so you can. Um, and Amber, I'm hopeful that she can tell us where people can go to download the book or the uh, magazine. The magazine. Um, I we should we should have her on. She could actually. I could. If, if yeah. She told me she didn't want it to be. I was just talking to her uh, on texting, saying, "I said you should probably be on this on this telecast too because." Uh, and she said, "I don't want to be in the public guy." Well, you are in the public eye, Amber. You always yeah. have been. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't hide it when you're a former Miss Washington. And that's uh, correct. <laughs> and you've you've got you're a talented artist, and you're doing. I think uh, I just you know, I just embarrassed her right then. <laughs> so. Yes, I, I. Well, you know that that if she wants to, she deserves to have everything in life um, based upon her creativity and the person she's she is. That's right. And so, so by all means, just, you know, bite the bullet, put yourself out there because it's not going to bite back. I promise you. Yeah, that's it. You know, so um, now let, let me ask you, if you were, you've been doing this, you know, for a long time um, and it's, it's your passion. It's, it's in your heart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we'll she's tell a, you what that means. Oh, look at that. She's, <laughs> blush. she's blushing. Um, but if you weren't able to do what you've done for the last 50 years, do you have any idea what you'd be doing now? I'm probably playing video games. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'd be going to the gym, uh, just trying to stay active, uh, travel when I can, with, when I can't afford it. But I miss traveling. Pandemic shut down a lot of that over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I'd be really sad not being able to create. Um, there's just something about life is about working with other people and creative with, with creating with a group of people and being together makes you feel younger. And, you know, I think that's why a lot of actors and directors continue on as long as they can until they just can't do it anymore. And you see a lot of those folks in film. I mean, you look, see a lot of them going into their eighties are trying to con continue. Uh, if they have the energy to be able to memorize and be able to uh, work together as a group, but um, I, I can't believe that Harrison Ford is going to play Indiana, Indiana Jones uh, again. Right. But I think it's his last time too. He said he said in the in interview that it's his last time. He he can't physically do it anymore. Um, it just takes too much out of him. I, I I keep looking at Tom Cruise. I mean, I know he's. He's not as old as the rest of us, but I mean, he's still doing a lot of his own stunts. Well, he's over fifty. I yeah, think. yeah, yes. So, who's your? If you had to pick one now, now first of all, I got to ask you because there is stage, there is screen. What do you? What would you prefer? I assume since you've been teaching stage all this time that you prefer stage acting and the whole camaraderie and everything that is around that mm -hmm. rather than if you were to direct uh, a movie or a TV show. Uh, you got it right. It was stage. Um, and the reason is because it's live and you can be with the audience as they're watching it when, when you're sharing the story and, there's nothing like a director watching his cast to get a successful reaction from the audience. Uh, when you're in film, you don't always get to see it uh, unless it's a review or you sit in the audience when you're watching, uh, listening to uh, what what their reactions are to their what you created. The only problem, you know, it's interesting when you said that, is um, when I started out, I thought about going to L.A. and going to the UCLA Film School or USC and pursuing it until I, I fell in love and stayed home and says, what am I gonna do for a living with that with a director's theater degree? And I was lucky enough to discover teaching. And that gives you a steady paycheck as you're a teacher. Then it also allowed you to do to pursue your passion exactly. and your paycheck at the same time. Exactly. And if you and the ghost that I was always chasing is I had to have the high quality uh, in order to build the program so I could do what I do, because otherwise I'd be teaching English, which wasn't my favorite subject. And I got a cat in front of me. So it's oh, that's oh, what's it, what's the kitty's name? This one is uh, this one is Crazy Cat. Wow. This other one is uh, Tinka, which is right on my right elbow. I'm a cat person. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, that's a, that's pretty cool. I got it now. You'll understand this uh, story I'm about to tell. I've um, when I was um, in uh, college, and this is this is why I love the theater as, as well because you never know what's going to happen, and it's always you know every night something a little bit different happens, and so you 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 it you have to engage all of your senses, all of your thoughts, and to create this character and also to deal with the challenges that happen when humans are getting together and nobody's perfect. Um, right. And the story that I have is, uh, and you'll appreciate this. I was doing um, Fiddler on the Roof scene four, the, the bar, the two life scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I was at the, at the, um, I was Lazar Wolf, the butcher. And, uh, the way that and Gary Taylor was the director and the way that he had it um, um, staged was that I was the curtains were closed. This was a dinner dinner theater night. So there were 300 people in the audience all having salmon or steak. They got to pick. And uh, so I was downstage uh, down in the middle. The the orchestra was just finishing up uh, and uh, um, I had a watch in my hand. And what I was supposed to do was to turn to my right and Reb Mortka was going to be behind the bar. And I was going to say to him, Reb Mortka, a bottle of your best brandy. <laughs> and um, so we had another guy that you may have heard of. His name was, uh, oh, gosh, what's, what's his name? He, he was the night, the night director. Uh, at at uh, at Green River, in any event, he he was a stagehand. He acted as a stagehand, and so the um, lights are about ready to go down. They start going down. He goes over. In those days, this is like 1980, so it was a manual curtain that you had to rise. It wasn't automatic or anything, and so he goes over there to pull the curtain open. And I look at him. I look for Reb Morka. Reb Morka is not there. Uh-oh. That, that's, what, that, that's what I said. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, and so I said, oh, his name was Joe. And I said, Joe, Joe. He said, what? I said, Reb Morka, he's not there. He looked at me and got this sly little grin on his face. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, yes. That's what I said again. I said, oh, no. And he raised the curtain, and Reb Morka still wasn't there. <laughs> so, so we were in the theater, and the, the green room was actually all the way at the front of the theater, and there was a, a um, um, hallway that you walked down to get to the stage. So I, in, in my best, loudest voice, said, Reb Morka! And and then he, he he liked scene three, and he was marveling at the music and how nice the music was, and how one. And then I screamed at him, and he was like, "Oh crap!" And so he you could hear him. The entire audience could hear him running down the entire length of the theater to get to the stage, and then then uh, we continued on. But but I'll never forget Joe and his. Uh, that little grin and and, and stay actors do that to each other all the time. Don't they? No, uh, there are so many stories that, that just, re when you were telling that there are so many stories I have about uh, 
ad libs that have to happen between uh, a scene when somebody wasn't there or they forgot their line. So how do you move forward? Uh, drop sections and move on. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Tony Ventrella? Oh, he, I've, I know him well. He was I, he was on my show several times. All right. Well, Tony was in one of my shows. Um, the most recent one was Plaza Suite with the Windville rep that I directed. And uh, Tony had trouble memorizing lines at, at his age at that point. And he, the third scene of Plaza Suite, he has to kiss this girl who's supposed to be his wife, but he didn't want to do it. So he came to me and whispered, he says, I don't think I can memorize the rest of the script. So <laughs> I said, okay, well, I'll try to find someone else. So I, I talked to the actress and she says, well, my husband can do it. So I brought Dave Taylor in to, to take over his part. And so he did, you know, the play has, uh, has Tony's part play in every scene in different circumstances in the Neil Simon play. Um, but that one he didn't do. And then toward the end, as we were getting close to opening, he still was having trouble memorizing. I was trying to come up with solutions how to help him. And he said he suggested this little earplug that you put in your ear that you can have the stage manager give him his lines before he says them so he would be able to stay on cue. It's kind of like what they do at uh, you know, with cue cards or something like that at Saturday Night Live. Is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the little earplug? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had them, and they used them uh, a lot uh, on King Television when he was sports broadcasting. Um, sure. That, that they used them there. So he, he was he was going to go get them, and I said, you know, I would prefer that you just didn't do that. So he finally was able to get through the show without dropping, a, dropping lines too much. And, you know, you know Tony is a great guy. I mean, he's he's one of those guys you just want to be around. Um, he has yep. he has this kind of magnetic personality, and when people see him, I mean, he, he's kind of like those characters. You don't want to see a character; you just want to see Tony Ventrella <laughs> play somebody, um, and, and that drew in the audiences because of his name. Um, you know, he he told me he did theater all over town, and he even created a couple of. I think out in, out in uh, Muckle Teal or Marysville that he did uh, a couple of uh, theater companies out there as well as down in the South End that, that he did create some. Uh, some. But uh, Tony was, was uh, quite the spokesperson for our fundraising for the North Shore Forming Arts Center um, while we were doing promotions and everything else for shows. And he would come out and be a spokesperson. Um, so I... I just think a lot about Tony a lot. And I thank him if he's ever listens to us. I thank him, Tony, for being such a great friend and a great colleague. He is he is a remarkable remarkable fellow who was um was on King Five for many, many years as a sports broadcaster. And yeah. he did he did some wonderful things and he also uh um was a runner he wrote a he wrote a really cool book that uh I'm, i was looking for it now for for the book that he wrote which was a very positive um type book Ooh. Well, i know what you, i know what you're talking about but uh 
in any know, event. His work with uh, the Seahawks was also quite precious too, because he made it. He he makes everybody feel uh, like your your next door neighbor <laughs> doing an interview. Um, makes you feel comfortable when, when you're doing that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony, special guy. Yes, indeed, and and you knew him well, and and. Uh, and that's that's it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So you've met if you had to guess, if you had to guess who would be, you know, and I hate to use this term because I think we all have talent, we all have gifts, and some of us are better known for our gifts than others of us. Uh, but that doesn't that doesn't um, diminish the gifts that everybody brings to the table. But if you had to if you had to tell me who was the most famous person you've ever met who would it be oh gosh uh let's see well robert reed was one of them um let's see in the past uh i think cecily berry who is probably one of the top voice coaches in in the world was another one um that jack clay brought in um and uh you know, it, it just, it's not so much, it's like one degree of separation of people you really know, like uh, Kevin Bacon. I'm right. one degree of separation from Kevin, but I've never met the man, but my uh, alums worked with him. Uh-oh, kitty. But, you know, most of the people I associated with were in education, um, cross-country, Uh because of my being a state director and administrator that got me connected uh, with people. And, um, and a lot of the, uh, you know, as I get older, I forget names. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What's your name again? Yeah, I know. What's my <laughs> name again? I know. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's part of us getting older and stuff, but it's, um, Oh, the name of the book that Tony Ventrella wrote was Smile in the Mirror. There you go. That's um, right. And it was a book that was about taking care of yourself, believing in yourself, and and every day get, look in the mirror and smile at yourself because you may be the only one who does it all day. <laughs> you try to make other people smile, which is part of being a director, too. Exactly, exactly. So when when you were a director, you strike me as being professional, uh, fair, uh, kind. Were you that way as a director, or were you in, like the director I had at, <laughs> at Green River? Um, I won't mention his name again, but but he had moments to where he would just. It, it appeared from all of us standing there that he was just losing his mind. Um, um, I had two incredible directing teachers. One of them was Gregory Falls, who started Act Theater in, in Seattle. Um, they even have an award in theater called the Gregory Awards that he was one of my mentors. And he got me understanding that it's not being directorial, but was it was being inspirational were the, the two things that the director should be doing is to generate the ideas in the actors and let them make discoveries. Um, and I made that kind of a motto. The second one was Jack Sado, who the late Jack Sado, 
uh, who had won a, uh, a few awards for his musical theater work that he had done on Broadway and off-Broadway. Um, and those two were my major influencers. Uh, and as I was trained by them over you know six, six years of training from my BA to uh, postgraduate work, um, it, it just carried through to making me find my discoveries of how to deal with uh, all kinds of uh, people, especially high school kids and parents. <laughs> you know, oh, you yeah. have with all kinds and being able to give them to give the respect that they deserve as people that uh, if you get their their respect, then they will do anything for you. And I got that from them. And the love of each other is still there. And you, you can ask any of my alums how, what their feelings were towards me, except for the ones who probably didn't get cast. <laughs> Which always is, they always have the issue of the hardest thing for a director to do is turn down someone who wants to work with you. Yeah. Uh, that's the hardest part of directing. How, in your opinion... And I've used, I've talked to other people that are in in the acting profession as well. How important, do, in your opinion, is improvisational skills? Paramount. It's paramount. Improvisation is the basis of uh, acting. Uh, it gets you uh, to think on your feet and to work off of someone else. And the the slogan or saying acting is reacting is where improvisation is you're focused on what the other person gives you and then you go with it and you don't say no to it you just go in the direction that the other person gives you and that's life on stage between people so when i was training my actors we would start with pantomime and then go to improvisation theater sports uh and then from there go to the script it always started with no script in hand and working off of each other. And improv was, you know, at least a quarter of teaching improv before you went into to the next stage of script analysis. See, and that's why you did so well and your programs were so nationally known and received was because of the foundation that you laid and the teamwork that you built from the very beginning of each production. And, and that uh, is reflected in their, their continued work once they got to college, uh, you know, that they had that foundation behind them. So when they went out to audition for scholarships, uh, it was recognizable. So when, when the college professors would see, see these students who want to continue their work, they see the passion of it and they see... Uh, the ability to think on their feet. Well, and also, you know, being a football player, <laughs> you have to be, it's, it's one of 11 and being on stage, it's the same thing. You're only as good as the guy next to you who can remember his lines and you can play off each other and, and it works. So you have to, you have to work together. As yeah, a it's team. idea. It's idea is not to be inside of yourself. You got to be outside working with your partner that that's the thrill of acting on stage. Well, even in film, I mean, the film, they do it in pieces and they still have to do the, you know, whether they do method or anything else to get a, the emotional connection. 
but they still have to work off of each other and work off the camera on stage you're working off your partner on stage which is the difference you're playing to your your partner and to the audience including them in, into what you're sharing i always enjoyed the automatic and immediate feedback that you got from doing a scene well and having the audience number one believe that it, it was as written and that you did a great job of it and they're appreciative of it and i just that was so much more fun to me than even being a disc jockey or doing any of the other things i've done that was i mean that was just wonderful and that and that's why we that's why we still do it exactly the reason why we still do it uh it's uh if we can get the funding to continue to do it and we can still get the people in the audience to have the habit that going back to live theater that that's important. And if you want to find out more about uh, the uh, Heart Repertory Theater, you can go look at heartrep.org, um, and you get to see Mr. Anderson right there. He does a blog about everything that's going on there, yeah. and, and you can you can donate. You can look at the history. You can uh, participate with this budding uh, program because you know I'll tell you there isn't enough community theater in any community really because uh, there are lots of folks that would like to be able to participate but in many cases like you said they don't pass the audition and they can't and uh, so they can't work but uh and in a lot of cases they would love to be able to work and most of them do it for virtually nothing you can't make a living doing this no no and that's why day jobs are are important <laughs> that's why i was a teacher but you know there's still people who uh, they do it in the evening, you know, seven to nine or seven to 10, and they come back and, and do their passion. Oh, and uh, Amber just said, Harl also has YouTube. Um, we do, we have a YouTube page, but when during the pandemic, we did uh, old time radio shows with my 32 actors that were part of Heart. Uh, for two years, I did 18 radio shows. I saw that. That's pretty cool. That 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 is really cool. And, and we, Jim Jim French was a master at it. And I, you know, and I still know several people still work with uh, his group. Um, they still do the Niles uh, Detective series. Uh, that's really fun to listen to. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think radio theater is a lost art, and people should. I wish we would put it back on the air. Well, you know that Jim French, uh, his series is on Kixie Light uh, now, at late at night. And uh, as a matter of fact, Positive Talk Radio, we are going to be starting the 14th of April. We are going to be have an hour on Kixie from three to four in the afternoon. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun for you and Amber to come <laughs> to the <laughs> Amber. <laughs> Amber. Um. You know, if you also go this, if you have Sirius Channel One Forty Eight on yeah. Sirius, sir, is it Sirius? Yeah, yeah. That they have a you know twenty four seven old time radio shows uh, that uh, you can listen to that are still fun to go back and listen to. By the way, um, for those of us that are a little younger, um, before there was television, they used to do radio, and the radio shows were very much uh like the serials of you know tom mix and and some of the, some of the serials that that 
they would have and people would sit around the radio like it was a television and they would but they would use their imagination i think you know in many ways i think those days were better than than today they they, they, they would have been more fun it's interesting when when we were doing the zooms how to put a face onto the characters and bring that to life too so when i was editing those uh radio shows we we had to create the location uh you know in the virtual background of your zoom shot and then positioning people so that they looked like they were talking to each other uh and then tell the stories uh that they had and then underneath each uh, of the actions when you had the music sting you know they had a lot of music that went through all of it i was able to edit the music away from the original broadcast and put it inside of the uh of the show to uh give it life and if you go back and look at our youtube page you can see all 18 that we did we started with uh the philip marlowe series you know we did a lot of uh our miss brooks uh we did all about eve we did the classics at that point um you know you know and those those uh are still fun to listen to today uh and the stories people steal the stories and put them back on television now oh yeah they're timeless. <laughs> they, they really are timeless, they're timeless. And, uh, and by the way we have of course have been talking to yammer olson yalmer olson and he's Yalmer An anderson anderson chimney christmas where did olson come from i must be nope. tired anyway that's um, swedish <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is the artistic director of Heart Repertory Theater, which is in north, just north of Seattle. And uh, go to his website, which is heartrep.org. Learn all about it. And if you have, you know, if you would like to, you they've got several ways for you to donate and get tickets and get merchandise. And there's a bunch of stuff that you can do. So so please go there and look at it. And I have I have to go ahead. I have to run. But anything else that we Yeah, I was like going to say one more thing. I am directing for the Woodenville Repertory Theater. We're doing Angel Street, which opens June 2nd and runs and, for the month. That, and how long is that going to run? That's going to run for four weekends. Cool. And it's based on Gaslight, which was a 1940s movie. Um, and it was a British, uh, it was a British uh, play called Gaslight that uh, when it came to this country, they changed it to Angel Street. And if you want to see Miss Washington in person, you can go there because uh, she just said that she's going to be in that production too. There you go. She's going to be assisting me as a director. Oh, very nice. So, yeah. so you have to go look in the assistant director chair. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be <Very>. fun. <laughs> it, it, and thank you so much for being here. And Amber, thank you for uh, participating. What I, I'm, I have a new mission in life, just so you know, is to get you on camera and, and, uh, and talking with me yeah she's fun to she's fun to talk to so yeah get her on she, camera <laughs> very dynamic very dynamic so so thank you sir and yeah, i appreciate absolutely. you taking the time and will you, will you come back and see me sometime absolutely yeah we're we're, we're from kindred spirit from the same time period we got to do that <laughs> oh boy no kidding and yeah with uh sunny and with uh all kind a whole range of stuff we, absolutely you know so 
Thank you so much. By the, by the way, uh, what year were you born? 50, 1950. Oh, you're, oh, no, I was 57. I'm much younger than you. No. I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm still in the water. Yeah. You, well, sparkling. <laughs> I wish I were in the water. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you, you met the Beatles and all that kind of stuff. It was, I did. Well, yeah. I went to their first concert in 64 at the Coliseum. Row, I wanted row uh, 22. Very, very cool. Section. Could you hear them? Uh, screams a lot. But I also went to Portland and then they came back to their third concert. So I, I got to hear them then. Um, but then we had the Beach Boys and we had uh, the Rolling Stones come to town. We had everybody come to town. And yes, uh, whenever I get did. a chance, you know, old Bainbridge kid just gets on the ferry and gets on the monorail and goes out and, and goes to their concerts. That was that was those were fun days back then and and yep, and the Beatles by the way two tickets were twelve dollars now I know twelve dollars six dollars a ticket you have to go back to nineteen sixties money but it's still not three hundred dollars a ticket yeah but we you know in the last time we saw Paul McCartney I mean how much was that three hundred and plus yeah to get <laughs> to get within you know so that he didn't look like a little pea on the stage I know. Um, <laughs> it was it, it costs a lot so anyway yolver anderson thank you very much he's the artistic director for heart repertory theater and the woodenville repertory theater he works with as well and uh, thank you for being here sir and coming up next we have a vocal coach and that's going to be on kknw 11 50 a.m in uh five minutes so Great. so stay here on youtube and you'll be able to uh I'll watch that in its entirety as well. So I'll be back and I've, I've, I've got to go right now. So thank, thank you, sir. Thanks, and sir. You have, I, did you, you hold on just a second? I'll do this and then I'll, I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.